Get ready to peel back the layers of fruity goodness with It's Bananas, the podcast that acknowledges that life doesn't make a lick of sense, but licking fruit does. Join your host, Becky Onesta, the fruit maven, as she takes you on a tantalizing journey through the world of fruit, where pleasure, fun, joy, and connection await with each succulent bite. It's deep, it's delicious, and it's bananas. Hi everyone, this is Becky, also known as the Fruit Maven. Thanks so much for joining me for snack time on our very first episode of It's Bananas. For anyone who's never heard of the Fruit Maven, let me give you a little introduction or history. Fruitmaven.com is a fruit review blog I started in 2009 that lasted a few years, ended somewhere around 2012. I tried different fruit and rated each one based on appearance, aroma, texture, and taste, along with overall thoughts. During that time, I also wrote and published a children's alphabet book called Fruit is Fabulous. For anyone who knows me as the Fruit Maven or remembers me from way back then, hello, I've missed you. Thank you so much for your decade-long patience. I'm happy to be back and starting a new little fruit tasting adventure today. For anyone who's never heard of the Fruit Maven, welcome. It's nice to meet you. I am so glad you are here. Here on It's Bananas, every episode, I'm going to talk about what's on my mind and what's on my table, so let's just get started. On my table today is a melon I have never had before called the Picasso melon. I've never even seen this melon before, so I'm excited to give it a try. Funny thing about finding unique fruit is that you don't always notice it unless you're actively looking for it. Grocery stores often only have a few and they tuck them to the side. So I was cruising around the produce section, found a few interesting things. We're moving into summer here in the US, so there's lots of berries showing up, all the various stone fruits coming into season, nectarines, peaches, plums, apricots, pluots, one of my favorite. I did spot some red apricots, by the way, so those might show up on a future episode because I've never tried those before. There was a sticker on the top that said raspberry, which I found intriguing. I'm not sure about the combination of raspberry and apricot, so may try those. But then my eye landed on the melon section. There were expected characters here too. Honeydew, watermelon, cantaloupe. Fun fact, by the way, what we call a cantaloupe is not actually a cantaloupe. It's actually a type of musk melon. I don't know why we don't call it that, but there is a European melon that looks quite different that is an actual cantaloupe. It's still orange on the inside, but the outside is this kind of dusty green color. Sometimes it has these really bold um, stripes. It's got kind of indentations like some pumpkins do and it's kind of dark green on the stripes. It doesn't have that netted beige outside look of the musk melons or cantaloupes that we eat, which is really weird. I don't understand that mix up. I haven't dug deep enough into it, but I digress. Anyway, none of that is what we're talking about today. We are talking about what's on my actual table right now, the Picasso melon. Um, So the Picasso melon is a proprietary, proprietary melon which means it's been cultivated by a particular farm. Um, Often that means it's been protected by a patent of some kind so that no one else can grow or sell that particular variety of fruit. Other um, proprietary fruit you might be familiar with are envy apples 
or those cotton candy grapes that are kind of popular and really sweet. Uh, there's nothing wrong with proprietary fruit, by the way, in my opinion. It's just a farm grafting and breeding to bring particular qualities forward um, to make it more sellable and enjoyable for consumers. Uh, it's not the same as like the grapele, which I don't know if anyone saw those a few years ago on the shelves. I don't even know how long it was. It was a Fuji or a Gala apple that had been actually soaked in a solution of concentrated grape flavor. It's a gross concept and they were gross tasting. I think you had to buy them in a pack of four. I bought them, I ate two bites of one and that was it for me. Grape flavor is gross anyway. Like, I don't even understand who thought of this idea. Like, of all the flavors, first of all, soaking a fruit in a flavor is gross. Fruit is delicious. Like, there's no point to it. But if you're going to choose a flavor, grape? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, grape Jolly Ranchers are good, but they don't actually taste like grapes. Anyway, I was puzzled by that. So I'm, a, I'm not for those, <laughs> if that's not obvious. Uh, all of this uh, proprietary fruit gross fruit, I don't even know the name of whatever that was, is in contrast to heirloom varieties, which um, this is a little bit of an oversimplification, but heirloom varieties are grown from seed typically and passed down from one generation to the next. Common ones you've heard of would be whatever, your red delicious, green delicious apple. Um, and then of course there's tons of more obscure heirloom varieties that are much harder to find. No one particularly owns them, Anyone can grow them if you can get your hands on the seeds, although sometimes they can be associated with particular groups, like a certain village, a tribe, a religious sect that has protected a, a certain variety over time and grows them and then kind of becomes known for them. So back to our proprietary Picasso melon. According to the farm that cultivated it, which is called Five Crowns, this melon has Japanese origins and uh, it's pretty beautiful, but we'll get to that. I'm gonna describe it more in a bit. We will come back. So in addition to what's on my table, what is on my mind? What's on my mind today is Korean dramas and my favorite Korean musical group, BTS. <laughs> if you're someone who talks to me regularly, that is probably not a surprise at all. But if you are someone who tuned in specifically for a fruit podcast, you're probably wondering what in the world do Korean dramas and BTS have to do with fruit? Besides the fact that one of their members really happens to love tangerines. Suga loves them so much that he actually steals a bag of them in one of his latest music videos. But we are not here to talk about that day today, although I certainly could and may. No promises about the future. I'm certain it will come up again in some Tangerine episode. But as of today, Korean dramas. So about a year and a half ago, a good friend recommended that I give Korean dramas a try. I ended up watching one called King's Affection, followed closely by a really quirky one that a lot of people who love Korean dramas are into called Crash Landing on You. I was so immediately into this genre and I completely recommend it for anyone listening who has not uh, Take a taken a dive into the world of Korean dramas. One that is more common that folks may have heard of is Squid Game. Um, so I was so into this genre that I started looking for more people who were talking about them and I landed on the Afternoon Delight podcast. I joined their Patreon and I started listening to Korean soundtracks from the shows and other music and then about seven months ago I fell head over heels in love with BTS. And I mean I fell hard. 
In my free time, I started consuming as much of their music and content as I could get my grubby little hands on, and much to my friends and co-workers, we'll go with delight, I started talking about them all the time, and here's what I started to notice. Don't worry, I'm going to bring it back to fruit soon. This Picasso melon is just sitting here looking stunning. Uh, I'm going to chop you, little melon. Don't worry, I'm on my way. So here's what I noticed when I started talking excitedly about something I loved. Some people were mildly amused and would respond with curiosity. Some would respond with telling me about the thing that they're passionately in love with. But a number of people expressed maybe sadness or like a longing to have something that they loved that much, something that made them light up as much as talking about BTS makes me light up. I was talking about it at work on one uh, fateful lunch hour where the poor people around me had to hear me going on and on and on about the concerts I was about to attend. And one of my coworkers literally said, I don't think I have ever seen you this happy it was it was beautiful to hear reflected back to me to be honest just to to know that I was that happy and that I was showing it on the outside (laughs) it sounds like such a simple thing but it was just an extra delight and one of my other co-workers literally said I wish I had something that I loved that much and then later I was talking to a friend of mine who I had over to my house She said something similar. She said, I don't think I've ever felt a 10 out of 10 joy like I see coming off of you right now. Like, I feel happier just sitting next to you being this happy than I have in a really long time. And she went on to just talk about the fact that she lives her own life mostly around a level six. Maybe sometimes she can get it to an eight, but she doesn't even know exactly what gets her there. And I just remember thinking you know, I recommend BTS. (laughs) And I will confess that I did actually talk her into watching one of their concerts with me. But look, this is not about that. I know, of course, not everyone is going to be into BTS or fruit for that matter. And that is fine. I get that. I basically ended up saying, oh, I just got lucky and I found my way here. And I don't know um, how you would find this for yourself. But I went to bed that night and I was laying there and I thought, well, actually, Yes, I did well actually myself in bed. Well, actually, I do know how I got here. I know exactly how. If I look backward at the intentional steps that I took, and oddly enough, it all started with fruit. It was roughly 15 years ago, and I... Not, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I was been in a marriage that was pretty much dying. I had a brand new infant. I had a job that I hated. And I had lost my sense of myself. I remember a friend from college coming and visiting me who I hadn't seen in years, and she asked the exact opposite of what people are saying to me now. She asked me, where did your sparkle go? Like, what happened? Who are you? And I... I didn't know. I ended up stumbling into this fruit blog because everyone was writing a blog at the time and I was like, oh, I want to write a blog. And instead of just writing about my life, which a lot of people did, uh, which I enjoyed for the record, no, no shade on that, I ended up choosing to write about fruit because I, I liked fruit in general. I liked trying things in general, 
But I realized I didn't really know which fruit I liked and which ones I didn't. And that seemed odd to me. And I also just wanted to find weird fruit and then be able to say, oh, I like this pluot better than that pluot, so I'm not wasting my money at the farmer's market, which is not the cheapest place to go. So I started a fruit blog and I started writing about what fruits taste like. I started rating them for appearance, for aroma, for texture and taste. And in the process, I ended up intentionally, but also accidentally, connecting with my sense of myself, with every piece of fruit and every bite that I took and every moment I took to really smell it, I listened to myself and I ended up figuring out, yes, what fruit I like, but also what liking things felt like, feels like to me. There's kind of a maxim that's going around uh, at the moment, which is like, if it's not a fuck yeah, then it's a no. Nobody wants like a, a wimpy yes or a flaccid yes. And look, I, I actually really like that maxim, despite the fact that I'm opposed to maxims in general. But there's a lot of truth in that if you know what your fuck yes feels like. And if you don't, then it's very scary because it's... You suddenly realize, I don't know what I like at all. I've talked to so many people who are without a hobby, who don't know what they really like, who don't know where to even begin to find more pleasure, to find more friendship, to find more connection, to figure out how to crawl out from wherever it is that they've landed. And look, I think that's part of being an adult. I think that is a fundamental part of being human as bananas as that is, we end up in these structures and in these situations, partly because we're in this big rigged game called capitalism, partly because of societal norms and gender norms, partly just the way humans are designed, but we end up in places where we are disoriented and think to ourselves, how the hell did I get here? How do I find my way out? And sometimes that's action-oriented, and sometimes it's just more about how we feel about our lives and about how we are participating in them. The way that society works right now is there's kind of this promise that if you do the right things, if you follow all the rules, if you buy all the right products, then you too can win at this game called humanity and you'll find this unending happiness and have the perfect life and perfect children and you know, you'll have a satisfying career and you'll have a body that opens the doors wherever you want to and you'll have this perfect charming personality and flawless skin and blah 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 and everything will feel great. But it's not actually true as we all know because we're all living our actual lives. So I'm not here to tell you that eating fruit is going to solve any of those things. I'm really not. From the time I took the first bite of fruit for a fruit tasting at Fruit Maven until this year where I feel like I actually live a good amount of my life enjoying it in connection with other people, that's pretty much a 15-year path. So if you're listening to this podcast thinking, I want to hear about fruit and also I want five steps to how to feel happier... This is probably not it because my plan is a 15-year plan. So I'm not making any promises of that. But what I am making a promise right now is that 
I know how I oriented myself to figure out what I liked, how to lean into that more, how to shift my life slowly over time to expand my capacity for enjoying those things. And what I'm willing to do is tell those stories. I don't have any idea if my stories are universal, if they'll work for everyone, if the things that I did will work for anyone besides me. I don't know. But worst case scenario, you get to try a little bit of fruit that probably tastes good most of the time, although I've had a few that I don't recommend. And we will connect to ourselves, connect to each other, and figure out a little bit more about what we like and who we are. So with that, we're going to practice and follow our curiosity and engage our senses and see what happens. Uh, This is probably a good place to note that just finding something you like doesn't really solve the puzzle of joy and pleasure and connection either, obviously, because you probably already know that you, I don't know, love peaches and feel neutral about limes and hate mangoes or whatever. I didn't happen to know these things when I started writing Fruit Maven years ago. I do know them now, but here's the thing. We humans do all kinds of wacky things to get in the way of our own pleasure. Some of it makes sense. We make choices and service and love to the people around us, and some of it is more habitual, and we cut off our own pleasure because of stories that we tell and things that we do. And I've tried some really intentional things to figure out how to expand my capacity to actually stay connected to the things I like, to joy and pleasure, and not shut it down. So eventually, in this podcast, we'll get to that too. But just finding what you like is a step, and you don't have to do it with fruit. Although here's why I think fruit's an easy place to start. It's a relatively neutral item. It's not like figuring out if you like a piece of art that someone created. Although I do want to know, I did choose the Picasso melon, so that's just amusing to me. But nobody put their creativity and heart into crafting this piece of art for me. There may have been work that went into making this melon taste a particular way, because hybrids often do that, but ultimately it's a neutral food that's available. Fruit isn't typically threatening to people around you. If you don't have time or space to figure out what you um, what you like, then fruit's kind of easy. It's kind of easy thing to try without anyone really noticing. And if you want to go bigger and you want to make it known, I can tell you that in my 15 years of being known as the fruit maven, almost everyone likes fruit. There is nearly, I can't really think of anyone who's like, I hate fruit. Although bless that person if they thought that and kept it to themselves, good for them. Uh, Excellent social skills. So I recommend fruit, but you don't need to necessarily like fruit as a way to, you can just enjoy me trying it, that's for sure. So every episode beyond that, I'm going to get juicy. We're going to talk about what's on my mind. Yes, by the way, I do know that I called this podcast It's Bananas, and that just so happens to be the only fruit you can't juice. So we're just going to let that sit there awkwardly, and I'm not going to explain that at all. So I'm going to get juicy and honest about the rambling road I took to get here, and I hope that it'll make your road faster or make you just feel less alone on this absurd journey called humanity, or maybe it will just nourish you a little bit to sustain you as you ramble along or run as fast as you can through this life. Okay, so enough of what's on my mind. Let's get to what's on my table and practice trying our first fruit together.
here in front of me is a Picasso melon. So I'm gonna use the same pattern I used when I used to write my fruit blog. I'm gonna rate it on appearance, aroma, texture, taste. There's a new category special for the podcast called lickability, because part of what we're doing is acknowledging that life doesn't make a lick of sense, so we're just trying to find our way through it. So we're gonna lick this fruit and see what happens, and then I give it an overall rating. So, appearance. This fruit is about six inches in diameter. It's like a bigger, I cannot fit it in my two hands. I do have quite small hands. I'm only a five foot four person, so my hands are kind of little, but it, it's bigger than my two hands. It is a pale ivory yellow color, and then it's got these beautiful green uh, splotches on it, that which is undoubtedly why it's called the Picasso melon. It's kind of in a striated pattern, and they are cucumber color, like a dark green. There's a little bit of a light green as well, but it's quite cool looking. I like it. It actually reminds me of, there is a Moon and Stars watermelon that is kind of similar in its spotted details. Um, it, it's got a little brown nub on each end of it. Okay, so I'm going to cut into it. I don't have any idea what color it is going to be inside or how hard this melon is going to be. Okay, not bad. It's pretty similar to cut, cutting into a honeydew melon. Slices pretty easily. Lots of seeds inside. It's kind of similar in color to a honeydew melon as well. Maybe a little bit lighter. Quite a pale, quite a pale ivory green. Yeah, so I would say appearance, I'm gonna give it a five out of five because this outside is quite pretty. The inside's a little bit boring. There's some, you know, yellow seeds in there. Lots of seeds, really, tiny seeds. But overall, it's quite pretty. Okay, let's move on to aroma. Oh, um, it doesn't have that strong of a smell. It does, again, it smells a little bit like a honeydew melon as well. Slightly earthy, maybe a little bit like a, a cucumber. So I don't know if I, yeah, it's got, I don't know if I just have cucumber on the mind because a little bit of the color outside, but it also a little bit smells like a cucumber. Not too sweet, really. I would say the aroma's fine, maybe eh, three out of five. Nothing to write home about. I wouldn't turn it into a perfume, but I wouldn't hate it if I smelled like this or someone else did. All right, let's go for texture. I just have a fork, I'm gonna dig into it. Oh, it's quite soft, pretty easy to dig into. I'm a little bit worried that it's gonna be mealy, actually. Now, I've never had this melon, so let me just say, I don't know if I picked a good one. That is a caveat, is that I don't know if this is a perfect specimen of this melon. So this is just the melon that I got at the store. It's pretty mild. I would say, eh. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about it, which is funny. This is my first melon, my first few review, and I don't really have that much to say about it on air. It's really mild. There's not a lot going on. It tastes like a, like sugar, like a, a very mellow amount of sugar with a slight melon flavor and maybe a little, yeah, still has a little bit of that cucumber vibe. So like a very sweet cucumber with a melon texture, like a soft melon texture. I am not a lover of watermelons, by the way. I do not like that grainy texture. This is not that. This is a little bit more like your typical cantaloupe or or honeydew but also touch mealy but this one might be maybe a little bit overripe or something all right we're gonna lick it I will say I didn't take all the seeds out of the middle so licking it is a little bit 
I feel like I'm licking a monster's mouth, which I don't really want to do. Well, first, I'm going to lick the outside, which I have no business doing. We all know the outside isn't what you lick, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's what we're doing. Okay, so as expected, the outside tastes like nothing. Okay, and I'm going to lick the inside. The inside also tastes like nothing, but it's very smooth. I kind of like how it feels on my tongue. <laughs> I kind of really like it. It's like a... I got a seed in my mouth. Um, So I recommend removing the seeds, which I didn't take the time to do. It's kind of like licking a popsicle. Actually, I suddenly want to clean up the seeds, chop it into cubes, and make little popsicles out of it. They'd kind of taste pretty bland, to be sure, but it might be a little bit more fun if it was slushy. Yeah, I think I would, I would do that. So texture, I'm going to give this a, a three, because it does, it is a little bit mealy, and I'm not, and I don't totally love melon texture. Taste, I'm going to go... I'm also going to go with a three. I'm not dazzled by this taste. It's fine. Like the fact that I want to freeze it is kind of an indicator. Lickability. Higher. I'm going to go with a four. For some reason, though it's quite bland, I really liked licking it. It felt great on my tongue. I don't know. This new lickability section will be an interesting uh, experiment. Overall, I'm going to give it a 3.5. It's quite pretty. It tastes like your basic melon. There's nothing that stands out about this melon to me other than the outside that's quite pretty, uh, but tastes like, tastes like nearly nothing. So that's it for the Picasso melon. I hope uh, you tune back in for future episodes. I have a lot of stories to tell from how we get from tasting a Picasso melon to being in love with BTS. <laughs> or in love with whatever you want to be in love with. Look, and I'm not saying I've landed in my permanent space of joy and happiness. I'm on this journey too. Being brave and expanding my ability to show what I love on the outside, including sharing it on this podcast, thinking about how I feel about fruit and talking more about that, leading into being embarrassed by how much I truly care about these things and want to talk about them. That's where I'm at with all of this. So I, I'm on this journey too. I hope you will reach out and talk to me. I would love to hear from you. I am rooting for you. I want you to find whatever it is that you love. Uh, if you do happen to try the Picasso melon and you love it, please report back because I'd be interested in hearing more about it. This is a brand new fruit, by the way. It's only been on the market for two years from what I can tell. So it's just a new hybrid where they were trying to make it quite a bit sweeter. Eh, not sure it was worth the effort other than the beauty, but it did get me to buy it. So I guess that worked. Uh, so again, if you want to try fruit with me, great. If you want to try something else, great. If you don't know where to begin, you can try, you know, just liking me. I'm also into that. If you do decide that you love me, then please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Find me on Instagram at fruitmaven. And also I want you to know that I love you back and I truly want to hear from you. In fact, Bringing it back to BTS, rounding out this slightly BTS-themed podcast episode, there is something in the BTS fandom called I Purple You, which people say to one another. It was made up by one of the BTS members, Kim Taehyung, who is my personal bias or favorite. When you say it in Korean, it's pronounced Borahe, which is a combination of Bora or purple and Saranghae, 
which is I love you. And when you say I purple you to someone, it means that you want to trust and love each other for a long time. So I've been thinking about what might be similar in the fruit world, and that brought me to the apple, one of the most symbolic and quintessential fruits that exists. There are over 7,500 apple varieties in this world, which means that if I could get my hands on them, I could try a new one every single week for the rest of my life and never ever run out. So I want to say, I apple you, which to me means I'm curious about you, I'm rooting for you, and I hope you're nourished in all the ways that you need it. I hope we're connected for a very long time and never run out of things to explore. That's it for today's episode of It's Bananas. Thanks for joining me for snack time. Until next time, I apple you. If you find It's Bananas appealing, it would mean a lot to me if you'd plant a seed of support by giving it a five-star rating and hitting that follow or subscribe button on the It's Bananas show page. Be a peach. Share a favorite episode with a friend and reach out to me on Instagram, at fruitmaven, all one word. Thank you.